You're listening to The Private Citizen, a podcast for critical thinkers. This is episode 153, first Saturday, the 22nd of April, 2023. Another Nord Stream Theory. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Fab. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, thanks for being there once again. Uh, well, as always, I'm coming to you from uh, Düsseldorf in Germany. But once again, um, you know, not live, not live streaming this. I'm recording this <laughs> in the middle of the night um, at my desk. Um, because as I mentioned uh, earlier you know, on, on, on the previous episode, uh, I, I got a lot to do right now, including um, I'll be going on a, on a trip very soon. And so I won't be able to uh, record the show next week. And I have a hard time getting shows out as it is, but here I am, and uh, here we are. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, I, I, got, I got another one for you. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, a story from last week, where um, uh, this is uh, another theory uh, that came up on the uh, Nord Stream pipeline sabotage, and I think it's another cover story. I don't know if it's a CIA cover story, but I feel like it's a, it's another cover story to um, you know to cover what uh, what I, I believe uh, you know after Seymour Hersh's um, report on this, I believe the uh, U.S. blew up the pipeline. But you know we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll look into this. Um, yeah, um, I'm just thinking. Is there anything else? Um, I need to uh, need to. Uh, is there any uh, any other housekeeping to talk about? I don't think so. So yeah, I'll be back. Um, I'll be back in the uh, probably the first week of May, early early May. I should be back with another episode. And uh, yeah, until then, I hope this one this one tides you over, kind of for next week. And um, yeah, let's get uh, let's get into the topic of the show. So if you go to the show notes, private citizen press, that's where all the information is. This is once again um, kind of based on a uh, on a newsletter post I wrote. So I link that if you want to go into uh, more details. There's a link there that has further links. Um, I put the uh, the photos in the show notes or the the images I have in that article as well. So uh, you can look at those and don't have to click through if you don't. If you don't want to, um, yeah. So what um, what are we going to talk about today? What happened? So um, you know, I did several episodes on Nord Stream uh, already. So I also put a link in the show notes to the tag for all the episodes. And um, this was uh, basically a, you know an, an episode I did in September where I was like uh, this episode one twenty five was like what happened? We don't know. I went through all the theories. Um, and I, at that point, I didn't really, uh, couldn't really tell what was the most likely. I, I thought that what everybody was saying that was probably the Russians was the least likely. And I still think that, um, yeah, but you know, we didn't really have any information to go on there. Um, but then in, uh, in, you know, about a pretty exactly months ago, actually I did an episode, uh, 148, on um, this report that came out by Seymour Hirsch, who is a um, 
very well known and respected um, investigative journalist from the US who, uh, you know, had a, if you, if you go back there, I talk about his story in detail. I'm just going to refer to it a little bit today, but, you know, he's very well uh, respected. Uh, he uh, came out with the original story on the May Lai massacre and also on uh, Abu Ghraib. And also the uh, Glomar, uh, the use Glomar um, um, Explorer, the story where the uh, Americans um, uh, salvaged this Russian submarine. So he, he, he knows what he's doing, but he was kind of retired. But he came back for the story where he uh, said he had a source uh, that told him that this was uh, the, the sabotage had been done by the Americans under the cover of the Belt Ops 22 um, exercise in the Baltics, um, which I I thought this whole story, um, his his coverage of it was was pretty likely. Um, I mean, he does he just has one anonymous source, so really who knows? But he, as I said, you know, several times now he's a respected journalist, and he um, I think he this this story is more likely than than you know. At that point, we didn't really have any other theories because the press was like, oh, it's a mystery. For months, nobody did any research. Uh, which made it even more conspicuous that, like, the first actual story that came out that wasn't from Sahirash, that was on the main in the mainstream press, um, I talked about about a week later after the, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, I was a little bit behind on this, or still am, but I'm still behind on anything, but or everything, but like a week later, I talked about um, on episode one forty nine um, what uh, Seymour Hirsch. Um, set was the cover story, right? There, there was a story that came out after he wrote his story at the beginning of March. Suddenly the press woke up and suddenly we had a story about this um, yacht called the Andromeda that had been apparently chartered in, I think, in Kiel uh, in Germany and, and had been apparently been used. Uh, so the story went, went to sabotage the pipeline, you know, had been high, been been rented by some people with fake passports that were apparently Ukrainian, but not everybody was saying it wasn't like a state-sponsored operation. Nobody knew. Anyway, uh, became clear very quickly, um, even the mainstream media news outlets that reported this, uh, then very quickly reported that um, all the ex a lot of experts, pretty much all the experts anybody was asking, um, was saying was saying that this story was extremely unlikely that this ship was too small um, to uh, to carry the equipment one would need. There weren't enough people on it, um, and it it'll be just be like a sailing yacht would just be the wrong like it's you know you basically for hours you have to stay on this. If you do an operation like this, if you send divers down or mini submarine or whatever, uh, they were saying divers, uh, then you have to like keep the ship above them um, which you can't really do well with a sailing yacht like that you can't like the water's way too deep there to anchor it um so you know people were saying this is extremely unlikely and Cy Hirsch was the opinion that was was a cover story that was originally concocted by the CIA who planned um what what he said you know in, in his but his sources told him the CIA planned the operation that the U.S. Navy executed to blow up the pipeline. So this was like a cover story that they had pulled in. Um, and now, um, I think, 
um, what we have now is is the second cover story. Um, Seymour Hersh hasn't written anything on this yet, but I feel like it is. So what has happened? We now had a uh, an, another story of a few weeks ago from uh, T Online, uh, which is um, it has the name. So T Online was like a web portal of my ISP Deutsche Telekom, and this is kind of like it, it, you know they have webmail and stuff, but it also turned into a news portal, and it's a pretty big news portal right now. Um, it is not run by my ISP anymore, though. Uh, it's just licensed. The name's just licensed. It's actually run by uh, Ströer, which is one of the biggest um, advertising um, companies in Germany. It's like a um, billboard advertising company. Um, but they also run several news portals. They also run Watson News, at least the German version. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of... Um, I've always been a bit skeptical of advertising companies running news outlets but okay anyway they uh, were reporting that they had figured out from available um, publicly available information that there was a um, Danish vessel of the uh, Danish Royal Navy coastal patrol vessel uh, called the P524 Nymphen um, had um, had just a few days before the explosion left and I'm I'm gonna butcher these. If you're from Denmark, I'm sorry, I just that language is just anathema to me. Um but uh they, they this patrol vessel had a few days before the um explosion apparently left the Danish uh port of uh Rodby Haven is whatever um, and then um, set sail towards Bornholm and then passed very close by uh, where this where the sabotage um, where later the pipeline exploded uh, and this was on um, le- don't let me lie um, so this this was on the uh, in the night of the 21st and uh, the 22nd of September and um the pipeline, of course, uh, exploded on the twenty sixth. I think, yeah, in the morning of on the morning of the twenty sixth. Um, so they reported that they had figured this out uh, by um, there's a system called AIS, Automatic Identification System, which is used by most larger vessels, and it's actually um, the International Maritime Organization actually requires its use. Uh, for certain sizes of vessels, um, I looked this up. So, um, so all vessels exceeding uh, 500 gross tons, and any vessel exceeding 300 gross tons that is on a quote international voyage, has to use AIS plus all passenger vessels. But I think there's also um, like areas, maritime areas, where it's required for pretty much any. Um, ship of a certain size to use a AIS, and I think the Baltic is one of these areas because um, it's so heavily uh, traveled. Um, you know, I think the the Channel is, is another. Like, you know, there's so many. Basically, what ships do these days, they use like, you know, they have automatic systems, and they use this. This is like a radio. Um, I mean, I think there's a satellite version as well, but also like a radio. Anyway, it's like a transmitter, right? It tells 
it's kind of like an airplane. It's like what airplanes use. Um, uh, you know, the the the, the, the transponder. Um, it it kind of tells all the other ships where you are and how fast you're traveling, and uh, which way you're going. Which big ships use to actually the plot like they you know when if um if you're on a like a channel ferry um you know those big ferries or the ones that you know cross from denmark to norway or whatever they um they are largely on autopilot right they will just navigate by like the, the these these computer systems they will recognize other ships ships and what way they're going and then they just you know evade each other automatically um, but of course, there's lots of smaller ships that don't have AIs, like small private motorboats and like sailing yachts uh, don't have this kind of stuff. Anyway, so all this information is public. There's web portals where you can figure this out. You can follow any ship um, where it is, where it's going uh, that has AIs. Um, so they figured this out, of course, but, you know, this uh, P524 Nymphen had its AIS on. And uh, you, you could see that. And they were like, oh, this is interesting. Um, you know, this is just before the attack. And so the theory that the online profit was that they, um, that Danish, uh, Danish Royal Navy had discovered, you know, by radar Russian ships or like unknown ships and that this boat had left um on a patrol to check out what was going on and um yeah they said actually uh that you know they had found some some russian ships that were going dark in air quotes and had then followed them um you know had discovered them and this boat had followed them and kind of basically chased them um, to, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 so, so, you know, they had, um, they basically discovered ships that they didn't, that didn't have the AIS on and that were kind of going dark and then um, chased them. And then they went to Kaliningrad, which is obviously the, you know, that's the, the, um, the Russian enclave, um, you know, it used to be Königsberg, uh, and is uh, has a huge naval base uh, there. Uh, that that's where the Russian Baltic fleet is based. So that was the idea that this was like this were like was like Russian ships. Now, T Online did another story um, last week where they said that this report had now been corroborated. Um, so they based this on information from a. a daily newspaper in Denmark called um, Information. I think it's Inform Informassen. If I, if I, I don't know if I'm saying, if I'm saying this correctly, but like um, they published a story that said that the Royal Danish Navy took 112 photos of uh, the Russian ships that the Nymphen encountered and then chased. And they had more details, you know, that the Nymphen chased them to Kaliningrad and that they actually um, got back up by other Danish boats and also airplanes. Um, I kind of don't understand how this story works because it's quite a ways from Bornholm to Kaliningrad. And, you know, let's say the Danish Navy discovers something. Like if you want to, if you want to see, like I have a, the AIS plot uh, in the show notes as well, private citizen or press also a picture of the nymph, um, you know, a small um, coastal patrol vessel. Anyway, let's, 
imagine they find some Russian boats that are there ostensibly because they are sabotaging the pipeline, right? And um, they then chase them off. Let's say the Russian ships are faster. Um, it is conceivable that they're just faster than this, you know, they, they just chased up some ships that were just quicker than this patrol vessel and could thus get to Kaliningrad without being intercepted. Uh, but, and, and, you know, if they got bang up from other boats, the Danes, then, you know, it, it'll, it would take some time to get there. And it's conceivable that the Russians could just get away and outrun them. Now, um, if we're saying, um, you know, if they also said they had some backup by planes. I don't know how you outrun a plane from Bornholm to Kaliningrad or even a helicopter. Uh, but let's say, the, you know, let's say the Danish scrambled some fighter jets. They got the Air Force, they scrambled. Like, how did those Russian ships outrun them? Like, they could have, I don't know if you can, I mean, can't really stop a boat with a fighter. I mean, you can. I guess you. I think you can fatally stop it, <laughs> uh, but you know, if, if you don't want to sh start firing surface to uh, air to air to surface missiles or whatever at the boat, then you know, I don't think you can really stop it. But you could take pictures, I guess. Um, and if the Russians really, if those were Russian ships and they were like had no markings or whatever, they were going dark, and they were clear mili clearly military ships, then I think they could have fired on them, because, you know, Bornholm is Danish territory. Uh, you know, the question is, would you really do that? But, like, this whole story just doesn't really um, make a lot of sense to me. Also, like, the T-Online story is, like, really vaguely worded. It's like a mainstream media story. So they're, like, they're literally saying that the Russians were ghost ships, which is just idiotic. I mean, I think what they're saying, and it's not really clear, but since they, they have this IRS plot, I think what they're saying is that the Russians just didn't have their IRS on, which, you know, just means you're not sending radio signals and telling everybody who and where you are. You're not stealth, right? You show up on radar, which I guess is how the Danish detected them. I guess that's the story. Um, uh, you know, you show up on radar, you are still visible. Um, and it's not actually that, it's not that like uncommon to turn ARS off. Like even ships that are supposed to have turned ARS on, um, sometimes turn it off. Like I have, a, I put a link in my, um, in that newsletter story if you want to dig into this more, um, um, like I just did some basic research and you know this so apparently there was um it was kind of um uh, actually relatively common for like um it, it's common for like if you want to invade uh, evade like detection to turn to turn this off like even as as a large ship so there's a story of like oil tankers you know um you know, the U.S. obviously uh, embargoing Iran. So there's a story of like oil tankers turning off their ass so that they can avoid this embargo and can't be tracked. I mean, that doesn't help if you have like ship patrols there. But if, 
if there aren't, if you just, you know, don't want to show up on the public air as data, um, you know, then that would be something you would do. Um, also, another another thing I found is that, and I knew this actually, um, that as part of the belt ops exercise, that Seymour Hirsch actually says, um, the Americans use this cover to blow up the pipelines. Um, you know, some of the ships turn the ass off or like a lot of them, like you do that in a military exercise, right? If you're doing, you know, in a military exercise, you do like evasive fleet maneuvers and you have like the, uh, the, the British ships going and then you, the German Navy tries to, you know, shoot at them. I mean, they're not really shooting at them, but you know, they're maneuvering and I guess they have laser targeting or however they do that, but they would turn their ass off, right? <laughs> because, um, like you'd, you'd want to simulate having to detect the ships by radar and not having AIS there. Um, and so, for example, when the, I think, what was this? Um, let me just look up this other story I found. So, uh, for belt ops, when the, uh, British, so this is actually, uh, you know, they, 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 they publicly said this. So when the British aircraft carrier HMS Prince of Wales, uh, left for the Baltic, um, you know, they turned they turned their ass off, you know, because they were like, we're going stealth, we're going on an exercise. It's not really stealth, but like, you know, military vessels do this. So, yeah, it's suspicious maybe that they turned their ass off, but it's not like, like ghost ships just makes makes it sound like, I don't know, weird. Um, so I guess the... Um, the theory that's being proffered here is that the, the, the Russians blew up the pipeline um, a few days before it blew up. They had some ships there. Um, apparently one of the ships is like a ship you, that you would use for this kind of thing, which is like a mini sub and shit like that. So I, I've said in the beginning from the very first episode on this that the Russians very well have these capabilities like the Americans, but the Russians are very well known for um, their prowess in underwater uh, operations, you know, um, even going as far as like putting little um, nuclear power plants on the seafloor uh, on in the Arctic to power like their little submarine missions and stuff like that to go for like undersea cables and and intercept signals on them and stuff like that. Um, so I don't doubt that the Russians have the capabilities. Um, and see, I don't doubt that the Russians could have done this or would have done this. My my skepticism with that version of the story comes from they really have nothing to gain. <laughs> like, they had a bargaining chip on Germany, which is one of the biggest, you know, partners in the anti-Russian coalition in this Ukraine conflict. Um, and they had a bargaining chip, and they just, why would they blow that up? Also, like, why would they just mine... I mean, maybe plausible deniability, right? They could have just blown it up by, like, they have access to the pipeline. It goes from Russia to Germany. They could have put a bomb in one of these maintenance things and sent it off and blown it up. They could have blown it, just set fire to it, I guess. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah. So, for plausible deniability, um, could have done this but like this if this is true like this was, would have been a, like a hack job right like why have chips there that the danish can detect like i mean if the danes catch you and you're russia then you really fuck this up um 
Not to mention that they have the capabilities. We know that they have the capabilities to completely do this without ships, right? They have submarines that, that can deploy divers. Um, they have submarines that can deploy mini subs that can even go along the bottom of the sea. Like they could have just, they have nuclear submarines. They could have sent a submarine out from Kaliningrad um, um, submerged all the way to Bornholm, you know, launched a mini sub, done this operation, got back on the submarine, got back to Kaliningrad without even surfacing once, like without being detected at all. If they really wanted to, if the Russians really wanted to do this undetected. They have the capabilities for that. Like it's, this is, sounds dumb. Like even if you ignore that they have absolutely no reason to blow up this pipeline, even, you know, and they've apparently have tried to figure out, try to figure out how expensive it would be to repair it. Like it's highly unlikely, I think, that the Russians blew this up. This sounds to me like another cover story because the first cover story was shit and they didn't buy it. So, you know, and I, if the US Navy did this and they were like apparently there's AIS data of this Nymphen. Like there could be other reasons why the Nymphen went out there. But I think I wouldn't put it past it, the CIA um, to have told the Danish, you know, on, on you know, in October, like put this uh, in September, sorry, uh, put this put this boat out on patrol, go there and then go to Kaliningrad or whatever or go back. So we have an AIS record in case you know, we need it later. If we need to, like, float uh, another story, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put past them at all. Um, yeah, and like this, T online, like the 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 the, the information stories is also very unbelievable because they said the so that what they're saying is that the Danish Navy took these one hundred and twelve photos. Uh, but they're not showing them to us. They're keeping them um, classified because of reasons. Because they're still apparently investigating. That, like, this is bullshit. So this story is basically, we have proof that it was the Russians, but we're not going to show you the proof. It just believe us. Like, what kind of journalism is that? It's dumb. Like, and it's, they even say it's like from intelligence sources. And T-Online had their information. I think they were, it reads like they were tipped off to this AIS data of Nymphen by intelligence sources. And the guy who wrote the story, um, so I, I researched his name a little bit, and I found some found some references. Um interestingly, uh in a blog post that on a on a blog that is that belongs to Heiser, my former employer, um, where they were writing about some other story. And they were writing about this author writing a story a few years ago um, where it said in the story that he got some information from the BND, the German um, you know, Foreign Intelligence Service. So this guy has a track record of working with the intelligence services. And they actually quote like intelligence sources on this. So... I mean, this sounds like... Some, this sounds like the intelligence services gave them something. So, so the... So... If you're thinking like, which story do I want do do I want to believe? You have the choice between a completely independent journalist 
that that is well has a well-known track record as an investigative journalist um, that is completely independent on Substack um, that came out of retirement to do this story, uh, or some guy who's not really known for investigative stories. He's kind of says on the website, but there are. That's like me saying I'm an investigative journalist. I did some investigative stories, but I'm not Seymour Hirsch, right? Um, you know, I haven't won like a Pulitzer and like five. Is it, did he won five George Polk Awards? I think. I think a Pulitzer and five George Polk Awards. Like Seymour Hirsch. This other guy just like writes very sensationalist stories most of the time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to believe Seymour Hirsch. You know, just, just common sense. Um, this seems to me like it's a story floated by intelligence. And this happens all the time. I mean, on the on my newsletter, I put a um, there's actually a, a clip from uh, Glenn Greenwald's system update where he um, the the actual episodes about the Discord leaks, which I you know talked on the about on the previous show, but like um, he basically in in that whole in that segment he goes uh, he talks about this practice of you know the the he's talking about MSNBC and US media but i guess it's like in in some respects the same in germany there are people who are very close to these sources um and they get like information from them and then they write stories so intelligence services use these journalists to kind of float things you know ideas that they want stories that they want fl floated and i think this is this is another cover story to me this is all the hallmarks i don't know if seymour hirsch is right i have no idea like, as I said, his sourcing is also very sparse. It's just like an anonymous source or two, right? Who knows? I mean, he could have been fat bullshit. But I'm just going by his story makes a lot more sense than these stories. His story came out first. These are all, you know, the press ignored this topic because they didn't want to find out, I think. The mainstream media, just like the German government, went like, we don't want to even find out. Like, we, if we look into this, we might actually find that it was the Americans. That'd be hugely embarrassing because they're our, our partners and, you know, we don't want the world to know that they fucking blew up our pipeline. Um, so they only started with this shit once Seymour Hirsch floated that theory and then they were like you know they're publishing things that that contradict that i saw don't like how they publish this like in, in this t online piece they go like um they kind of do their best to make it sound like Seymour Hersh is some like they, they just go like is some blogger like because on, he's on substack he has like tens of thousands of paying subscribers on substack i think my theory is i mean t online has millions of readers but they are ad supported they do have like a a, a pure subscription which you know most german news sites have now where you can pay and then you get no ads or less ads i guess um i'm willing to bet that Seymour Hirsch has more subscribers on a Substack than t online has for their subscription service uh, which i can't verify because t online is not talking about numbers um but i i would guess so they they call him like some blogger um, and they also say, um, there's like his blog post in their quotes, they call it the blog post. Um, they also say uh, that this, this post is presumed to be untrustworthy. <laughs> like what? It has been largely discounted. Um, I haven't seen any, like, I mean, lots of people say it's bullshit, like lots of media stories say it's bullshit, but like, I haven't seen it actually, just like, this actually really discounted, like, like, it would be relatively easy 
Um, so the thing that nobody has done is, you know, Seema says, you know, the U.S. blew up the pipeline. So if you're a well-connected journalist in the mainstream media, uh, you could just ask the American government. And nobody's done that. There, there's one guy who tried, um, I, you know, I saw, I saw a clip of a guy who was like in the, in the White House, uh, in the White House press briefing, and he asked the the spokesol uh, for the for the for the White House, um, you know, what what about the Seymour Hersh story? And then this guy just goes into like an ad hominem attack on Seymour Hersh. Now it'd be relatively easy to say, you know, just go to the American government and go, um, I would like to know, did you bl blow up this pipeline? And then they would probably try to distract you. And go like now this is Seymour Hersh and he's been proven to be wrong in the past, but whatever. And go like this is then he would go like this is not about Seymour Hersh. I want you to answer my question. Have you blown up this pipeline? And the I mean the 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 the, the worst case scenario, but like the what you could at least do there is them to lie, right? If they say no you haven't won anything right now. We don't have a story right now, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe it comes out in 20, 30 years that they actually lied and then that's a big scandal, right? That little one probably won't help your career, but at least you've done something for the public, right? The the the, the least thing a reporter can do in this kind of situation is at least force them to lie, you know, because the truth comes out sooner or later. Like, and that's the, that's the, the smallest public service you can do. The, the, the absolute minimum of what you need to do is you need to press. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't on purpose, but yeah, you're the press. You need to press these people on these issues. You need to, you can't let them evade. Like, you have to, like, at least you have to go, we can neither confirm nor deny or lie. And nobody's done that. Nobody hasn't even done that. Like, T-Online hasn't done that. Right? So, um, I don't know why Seymour Hersh presumed to be untrustworthy. Like that's what I would like to know from this this T online journalist. Like why, why is a guy who has a proven track record who has written some of the biggest investigative um, news stories in the last I don't know fifty years um, or even more? Um, why is he untrustworthy? Like, why is he more trustworthy than you? Like, he's won a Pulitzer and, like, five George Polk Awards. Like, what have you done? Like, what has T-Online done? Why would I trust T-Online over this guy? You know, and the fact that he's on Substack really isn't... They're trying to make it out like it's it's, it's a negative in, in, in Seymour Hersh's book. But to me, it's a positive because he's, he's, he's accountable to his readers. He's, like, completely independent. And he's less like he's much less likely to just take some bullshit some intelligence services given him, and especially the guy. Like if you read it, if you read what he writes and his other posts, and he's just kind of gone out of his way to explain like his relationship with Daniel Ellsberg and uh, stuff like his, his beliefs on the Vietnam War and what he's done in the past and why he's done it. Like this guy seems to be much more trustworthy. Like I really object to T Online's like way of discounting like of 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 the way they talk about Seymour's piece. Um now before I wrap this up, one one thing I want to um I want to also address. Okay, let's have a let's have a thought experiment here for a moment, right? Let's imagine that the story is actually correct. 
that the Russians blew up the pipeline and that the Danes, you know, they had some radar contract, contact or whatever. They scrambled like a co coastal patrol vessel. They caught some Russian, apparently there's like photos of like, I don't know, Russian soldiers on there, whatever. They caught like some, they caught like this these boats and then they chased them. Like two days before the pipeline blows up. I can understand them not making that public. Like that's a military operation. You don't do that immediately. But like, what, four days later the pipelines blow up? Like why didn't the Danes say anything? Like why, if the if the Danish Navy really caught the Russians red-handed here, blowing up German um, national interest, German critical infrastructure, right? Just off the coast of Germany, in on the territorial waters of Denmark, like basically declaring war. Like I can, I can understand them not springing for like, okay, this is an act of war. Let's go to war with Russia. That would be suicide. But like, you kind of need to report this anyway, and it kind of means that really, from a German perspective, and I'm German, I'm in Germany. Um, there also been there always been like NATO critical people in Germany, right? And I'm, I've been somewhat critical of NATO in the past, but like, I mean, how does this not completely invalidate NATO from a German perspective, right? The Russians go and blow up our pipeline in our backyard, like right off the coast, right off the fucking coast. Our allies in Denmark catch them and they don't even tell us. Like, this makes no sense. Like, and this is the kind of shit that that would have that must, I mean it's not in the T online story but that would that's the question you need to ask you can't just like believe your version of the story you also then need to like think it through and go like but what does this mean what does it mean if the Danish caught the Russians and didn't tell us like like if NATO can't protect German national interests in the Baltic, why are we in NATO? Like, why do we have, why is Denmark our ally if they don't fucking tell us? Like, and I, I think the answer is, that's just like a, you know, that's just like a, a facetious argument on my part because I think the clear answer is, the story's bullshit. <laughs> it wasn't the Russians. But like, as a journalist, this is the question you need to ask. This is where you need to go. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, and even if you believe in your story, you think your sources are good, even though, like, the proof you have is not published. Like, how convenient. Um, like, the at the minimum, you need to put this into the story. I think. Um... And in the end, I think it doesn't really matter. Like if you if you're German, um, I think or just generally, I mean, for Germans, for Germany's national interest, it doesn't even matter which version of the story is right. We got shafted, like we got royally fucked, um, like in the ass. <laughs> um, so either. Either the US 
like our allies, in air quotes, the US blew up the pipeline. They are Cyhurst, right? The US blew it up. Uh, our allies, that's, I don't think that's how allies behave, is it? Right? Um, or the Russians did. And NATO, which we have a huge commitment to, like, you know, billions and billions of euros every year and uh, go into, like, you know, our NATO commitments, um, just sat by why this happened and didn't react. Like, either way, we got fucked. Right, and I, I, I'm just like I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm, I'm like, if I think about my, my government and our like, chancellor, I'm like, I'm like livid. Like, either way, I want a fucking explanation. I, I think Cy Hirsch is right. I think he flew to Biden, and Biden was like, and he was like, so you blew up the pipeline, right? And Biden was like, yeah, yeah, of course we did. Uh, sorry, we didn't tell you before. But like, you know, we can't get this out. And like, Scholz was like, yeah, we, we can't get it. Like, what the fuck? This, if you listen to this in the US, just imagine, um, <laughs> just imagine some country blew up the, like some American infrastructure, just like, a, I don't know what this was, like 20 kilometers off the coast. Like, you know, um, I don't know some some oil rig or whatever, just 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 like in the approaches to I don't know New York or whatever, like just few kilo, like a, a few kilometers off the coast, like almost in territorial waters, right? And 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 some 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 country blows this up, and you and your government is just like, well, yeah, okay, that happened. That's a shame. Like, I think as an American, you can't even imagine the American government reacting to something like this. Like, I mean, they would just scramble the fucking fleet. There would be aircraft carriers. You know, they fucking shoot down balloons with like F-35 fighter jets. Right? Or was it an F-22? I can't remember. But like, they scrambled like fucking... I think it was an F-35... Um, you know, they they scrum like fucking fighter jets to shoot shoot down like balloons. <laughs> um, I mean, this is just this is just this this just shows how like incompetent our government is, and how we are just um, we just like. I don't know. Biden, Biden cut off our balls and has them on his desk or something. I I, pfft, I I don't know. Like I don't want war, right? I don't want I don't want to declare war on the Russians. I don't want to the alliance between Germany and the US to like end. But like it's everything's got limits, right? It's I'm not like saying they should have said, well, we're not allies anymore, but like they should have forced them to admit to it. And then the German government could have said, well, yeah, this is kind of a... I mean, we weren't using our pipeline anyway. We kind of wanted to get away from Russian um, gas. So you kind of... And we have Norwegian gas now, so you kind of did us a favor. But, like, you know, at least pay us a few billion, <laughs> you know, that was expensive infrastructure. <laughs> um, it's just... In no way is this in no way is this this Danish story right. I mean, I mean, I guess it could be, but it's like highly un, un, unlikely. It's like 
there's so many like just show us the fucking photos like why you're not why you why are you leaking that this happened and not showing the photos like what what's on those photos that that you can't like show um like why isn't that public anyway like why is that secret like if you like if you're the if you're danish right and your your navy caught the russians doing nefarious shit in like danish territorial waters wouldn't you want to know like why wouldn't you go like why are you not showing us i mean denmark is a democratic country isn't it like like i'd be livid like if this was my um I mean, this was this is all based on intelligence service information, I guess. But it was like information says it's like the 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 Danish defense ministry said this publicly. Like they like, I'd be like fucking shouting at my defense. I'm like, why are you not, why are you telling us these pictures exist and don't show us these pictures? Like, what is what is wrong with you people? You know, I mean, we in, in, in How can the conflict with Russia get worse by this? Like we're we're already like on the brink of thermonuclear war here. Nah, this is all very unlikely. I think. I mean, this just makes me. This just puts me into Seymour Hersh's camp even more. This just all sounds like bullshit. This just this just makes me think it was the Americans even more. Like, yeah. Anyway, I thought I, I should I should talk about this. Um, if you disagree, m- maybe I'm like off base. Um, let me know. Uh, private citizen or press contact details. Um, yeah, please please tell me. I you know when I wrote this um, when I wrote this um, this this the you know the the, the story I wrote on on Substack on this. Uh, I wrote some stuff about NATO and that we like pay two percent of our. Uh, um, GDP to NATO and like this was this was obviously wrong like that's a like we pay we pay that into our like we pay that for our own military I mean in the in the grand scheme of things it's like the same thing because Germany itself wouldn't pay so much for its military and and, and shouldn't because our constitution says we don't kind of need it but really like but you know it was it that I I I, I I wrote something wrong and I had a reader correct me, which I, I think is really good. I, I'm trying to make the point that you should tell me if I, you know, if you have other opinions, please let me know. Actually, uh, um, you know, I, I I the reader just answered to my newsletter in an email, but I kind of made it pub. I didn't make that that name public, um, but um, I did. I, I did kind of address it on Substack notes publicly because I think you know you should you should address your mistakes. Um, but anyway, so please um, please let me know um, if you have more information. If you have other opinions, uh, please write in private citizen or press. There's a lot of ways uh, to do this. You can do it on the forum, but you can also do it in other ways. Um, you can do it on the forum right on the very show notes. If you just scroll to the bottom, the forum is embedded there. There's a thread there that you can just answer. Obviously, you have to sign up to the forum first, but you know you can do that kind of semi-anonymously. I won't out you. But anyway, please, please do so. And then you can get to the feedback section. 
Well, what I was trying to say right there was you can get into the feedback section. It's late. I've had some wine. What can I say? Speaking of feedback, um, I had some feedback from Steve B. This is two separate uh, instances of feedback, but I think they're both interesting. The first one actually wouldn't do the show. Um, it was um, regarding a blog post. So the forum is, uh, you know, forum.fab.industries and my blog is at fab.industries. That's my website. So you can comment on those blog posts in the forum as well. This is kind of a link post where I link to Taibi's story on the um, on 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 Musk killing the Twitter file. So what episode 151 was on, uh, you know, I talked about on the show as well. So I think this is, I, I just like this comment and I think it's relevant, relevant to the podcast. So I wanted to, um, aside from the comment on the actual episode that I'm quoting later by Steve B, I wanted to quote this as well. Um, so in regards to the Elon Musk um, story, you know, Elon Musk killing the Twitter files, Steve B said, I personally feel that the real tragedy is that absolutely nothing has come of the information that was released in the Twitter files. Techies were once again vindicated in their beliefs of what was happening, as was the case with the Snowden revelations, but that was it. The MSM, uh, mainstream media, attempted to hide at least or at least limit the impact of what was done. While in America it is technically possible for a company to censor speech on this platform, it's not possible for the government to do so. The Twitter file showed that the government had taken a hand in censorship, yet absolutely nothing was done to stop it from continuing to happen. Rather, a sorry state of affairs. And I completely agree with that. I actually have nothing to add. That's a um, perfect analysis that I actually didn't do on the show. So thanks to Steve. Um, and then on episode 149, um, which was my episode on the first what I think is the first cover story of the Nord Stream attack. He also commented and said the following, which is relevant to uh, this episode as well. Uh, anyway, Steve P said, um, unfortunately, the continued dishonesty, and I kind of ask what it, you know, if you're in, in the US, do you actually believe that, you know, the US blew up the pipeline? Anyway, Steve P says, unfortunately, the continued dishonesty, in fact, that our government, so the American government, uh, no longer believe they are empowered are empowered to serve the people uh, means that I believe you are probably right here. We've gotten to the point that if you told me one of our leaders used their personal finances to start a trust fund to help sick orphans, I wouldn't believe you and would want proof. However, if you told me that they had committed another scandal of any sort, I wouldn't even it wouldn't even faze me, as I have lost count of how many they have been caught uh, in this week alone. In case of this episode, a short list from the top of my head would be Gulf of Tonkin, Bay of Pigs, Iran-Contra, Hungarian, Hungarian, Hungarian Uprising, Iraqi Weapons of Mass Destruction, Wuhan Gain of Function Research, Biolabs in Ukraine, Gitmo, and these are just off the top of my head. Really good. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a good list. Um, again, once again, I completely agree with you, Steve. That was a good point. Um, yeah, this is um, this is also like in this case why I why I'm so skeptical because the CIA has done these kind of things before and they've covered them up and it it comes out at some point you know um, is some 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 lone investigative journalist and they're fucking you know get out the story but then it's it's buried and. I actually feel like this is getting worse. 
right? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, the Iraqi weapons of mass destruction, uh, mass destruction. That's actually a good one. Uh, mass destruction is kind of the same, uh, where the press like fucked up, and then it came out that the press fucked up, and they were like, la 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 la, not talking about it anymore. So you know, I think, um, but like earlier in the like sixties, seventies, eighties, it was more like the press was was doing their job a bit more, right? They were more contrarian towards the government. Um, so they're amplified when somebody had a story like this. Now it's just blatantly, like, just, like, they don't do these stories. And then, like, the old school, people still believe in old school journalism, do it, like, on Substack. And they're like, oh, it's some blogger. He's not trustworthy. Um Let's quickly cover the shit we got from the intelligence service that has the opposite thing. Um, yeah, somewhat disappointing. Anyways, thanks, Steve, um, for for commenting. Um, and everybody else, please, um, please feel free to uh, to do that as well. I'm, I'm always happy to uh, get any kind of messages from, from listeners or readers. So go to privatecitizen.press. And send me some feedback right now. So if you don't want to send me any feedback um, because it's too much work or whatever, uh, you can also send me some money. That also works. I won't complain. Uh, the details are also at uh, privatecitizen.press. Uh, this is value for value, um, but you can go to my Patreon and then support the show, and that, that would be much appreciated. So thanks to the people who have done so for this episode. Um, my showrunner, Sir Goldterran, executive producers, 1i11g, Butterbeans, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Rizal, Sandman616, supervising producers, Avis, Bennett Piata, Dave, IKN, Jackie Play, Jonathan, Jonathan M. Hetai, uh, Krunkel, Michael Mullen Jensen, Robert Forster, Tobias Weber, producers Andrew Davidson, Astral C, Cam, Captain Eckhead, David Porter, Dirk D, Fadi Mansour, Florian Pigosh, Joe Poser, Mika, Mr. Amish, Rick Bragg, and RJ Tracy, and associate producers D, Jonathan, Johan Sonnen, Kaisias, Ricky M., Steve Hose, and Vlad. Thanks to all of you. And also thanks to ByteMark, who's providing the, the uh, server space and the bandwidth for this show, ByteMark.co.uk. Um, couldn't do the show without them, so thanks. Thanks to ByteMark. Um, yeah, that's it for me. I'm getting out of here, and I need to uh, yeah, get some stuff to get done as usual. Uh, the theme song for the show is called Acoustic Roots, if you want to look it up, uh, by Raul Kabzali. And I'm going to play us out uh, with the song Surrender Some Hurt, by American Legion, which is some nice um, acoustic country western American roots kind of song, which I really enjoy. And um, yeah, I'll be I'll, I'll be I'll be um, submerged next week. I'll be doing things, I'll be traveling, I'll be working, I'll be having fun, I'll be bouldering. Um, I'm seeing two Sabaton concerts. Um, yeah. And after all of that, I'll be dead. Um, I'm doing a lot of sports as well. Um, but yeah, um, 
I will probably be dead, but I'll, I'll try to do a, a, you know, I mean, I'll be, my body will be destroyed, but I will do a, a podcast. So I'll be back in the beginning of May if everything goes according to plan. Until then, as always, thanks for listening and aim to misbehave. Mm-hmm.